1: And welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. On wrestling, as I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight and all the fallouts from WrestleMania backlash.
0: Yeah, it's a fallout show. I am. Um, I feel like I need to kind of like preface this podcast by letting our listeners know that I'm a little bit under the weather today. <laughs> um, the weather being the rain that dropped on the roof that we were able to get under when we sat and had IRL pints together. Oh. Uh, which were wonderful every single one of them better than the last um, some of us had a, a few more than others and are a, like a bit less chipper today um, so yeah as much as like we're talking about a pay-per-view fallout I feel like I'm experiencing my own <laughs> off, the back, off the back of very nice times of for a brief encounter being gathered there today if only it could be every day Yes, exactly. You are feeling like Cesaro as WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> yeah, not just as he had kicked in by Roman Reigns, but Seth Rollins has got involved as well. But before we get into all that, the big news on tonight's show is, of course, that Intercontinental Championship fatal four-way. Apollo Crews defending the title against Big E, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens after they all got involved in the Nigerian Medal of Honor ceremony for <laughs> Commander Aziz last week. Regardless of the shenanigans that's got us there, this could be a great match with the names involved.
0: Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this. I am the WWE with their like choices that they've made in the pandemic to cut the pay per views down in length and in terms of like not having as big a match card has allowed every now and then for the TV shows to have pretty decent, Mm. well built matches. This feels like something that was like cooked and ready for uh wrestlemania backlash and then for whatever reason they just thought well there's no need to load that up when we've got a television show to produce the following week it's kind of the way if they're going to be a content factory it's the way to make the production line function best is to keep stuff for big television main events as well as the pay-per-views mm. um this feels like a nice way to like kind of transition everything out of what they're doing so apollo cruise and biggie didn't need another singles match, really, did it? Like, it did, we didn't need another one of those, but there was this feeling, obviously Big E had been, had been wronged at WrestleMania, and this is his one opportunity to, to get his belt back, and you would feel that like he's not going to get it, but, like, things will be fine, you know, money in the bank's on the horizon. There are there are brighter days ahead, certainly, for Big E than the Intercontinental title right now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had their singles match at WrestleMania, so everything since then has been afters. So I think this is quite, uh, I think, like with Sammy having that little grasp at the Intercontinental title the (laughs) other week as well, all of this feels relatively organic for WWE. I think these have dovetailed quite nicely. This four-way feels like justified for a multi-man television match um, compared to just like throwing them all out there. I don't expect a title change, um, but the quality of the match is almost like a certainty based on the people that are in there. And yeah, like Apollo Crews getting to win this here, there may be like a... Some follow-up singles programme with Kevin Owens, I don't know. But it does sort of feel like when he wins, a lot of loose ends are tied up here, and all of them can move on.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a really nice conclusion to all this. Uh, it merits going on a pay-per-view this match, but I'm glad it's not. I really like what they're doing, like you say, with, with putting all these time matches. Obviously, they've had the, the women's tag titles changing hands on last week's show, which is uh, very impressive, although... <sighs> I find it hard to invest in that title scene, if I'm perfectly honest nowadays. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think Apollo Crews retains the Intercontinental Championship. But yeah, this match, they should give it plenty of time. And, you know, Owens and, and Zayn working together to take out Big E or whatever it may be. There's, there's, there's lovely callbacks you can have, the, the history that these men have. Uh, I don't know who gets pinned in this maybe maybe zane and i don't want to say that because i want him to be a contender uh for titles and of course i want him involved in the money in the bank ladder match but it feels you know whether it be zane hits uh, a halluva kick and then gets nigerian nailed what's his leg still over the top <laughs> rope or something i don't know but uh yeah, exciting, exciting match to look forward to. Even though we, I think we all agree that we don't think the title going to change hands just yet. It would really undercut uh, Apollo Cruz's character, and uh, yeah, Biggie, like you say, losing upwards could do something. Maybe with Sammy, have a brief, brief feud yeah. with him whilst Owens and Cruz are like that go together, um, just to keep him going through Hell in a Cell. I'm not suggesting they need to have a match. Certainly not a Hell in a Cell match, but yeah, just to keep Biggie in the front and center of people's minds because he is well in the front and center of our minds is a, a real you know favorite to win the money in the bank ladder match let's talk a little bit about the fallout from wrestlemania backlash though and before we get to cesaro and seth rollins the most exciting thing about wwe right now without question is just the ongoing issues within the bloodline uh jay towing the line and jimmy well i would assume putting himself on a collision course for rowing inside Hell in a Cell,
0: perhaps. I'd love that. Um, it feels like this angle really is tremendous. It is, it's laced with those, like, WWE hallmarks. Like, some of the dialogue is a little bit clunky. Um, bitch going on a shirt. It uh, <laughs> feels like like wrestling in general has completed the bitch game. Um, <laughs> and it's time they moved on to another swear word that gets around the censors. Um, but indeed, yeah, like every like aside from those very very minuscule complaints, this is such good stuff. Um, the a couple of weeks ago, I think we were talking about on the preview this idea that, or following Jimmy Uso's return at least, this idea that like him and Jay would have a fairly like an uneasy alliance with Roman that would ultimately lead to them pulling themselves away from it. They've not even rushed to that. It instead becomes about. Jimmy having an uneasy alliance with Jay mm. and all three of them feeling rather uneasy. Roman's promos have always got so much gravitas and you just believe what he's saying so much. Um, and the matches, we've, we've discussed this as well, tend to, what happens is Roman tries to use his relationship with Jay and pretty much anything else together to obscure his cowardice. And then when he absolutely has to, he yep. brings the big guns in the match himself. Mm. Like he, he will do it. He'd rather not either because he can't be asked or he actually is a little bit scared, but he knows what he's got in his back pocket, which is like just some bombs that he like dropped on Cesaro on Sunday, for example. Mm. Um, so it, this with Hell in a Cell coming up instead of Money in the Bank, which was a weird change like, strange like time of year to have this Hell in a Cell pay per view that we associate so much with that, like, sort of Halloween, like, mm. first run up to Christmas type feeling. Um, you do wonder if it's because they're looking at doing the same thing again as what they did last Hell in a Cell, which was, of course, Roman Reigns brutalising Jay to make his final point, Mm -hmm. to bring Jay, like, on board once and for all. Like, Jimmy Uso, like, it sort of feels too perfect not to do it. Exactly. There's no no obvious challenger right now for Roman Reigns. It's another title defence that you can enjoy the drama of without, like Cesaro, enjoy the drama of without thinking that the challenger's got a chance. Like no, nobody's going to go into the match thinking Jimmy's going to get this done. He's going to win the universal title, but you are going to want to watch it play out because mm. you remember what happened to Jay. Jimmy remembers he was there. He got in the ring and tried to stop it happening and suffered himself. Like, so he's had a little taste of what goes on in that sinister structure. you. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just, it feels like really perfectly pitched now to have, if, if they like use the, the footage of what happened back last October, and Jimmy coming in and sacrificing himself for Jay, the question will be: Will Jay now sacrifice himself for Jimmy, or will Jay just side with Roman as a way to try and get Jimmy on board once and for all? There's just, there's just so many threads to pick up that are, it would just be daft not to book this match.
1: Yeah, it feels aside from from Bailey and Sasha, we haven't had a great track record of them going. Well, this needs a Hell in a Cell match. It always just felt like, well, it's that time of year so it's There's so much like you say that the history that the usos and, and roman have here i think it's just too perfect to ignore and you know people were sat there going well what happens with cesaro next and we got asked question answered before the pay-per-view had even gone off the air and and you know it doesn't necessarily mean you have to rule him out from another title match maybe a triple threat or something in future because he certainly gave a great account of it himself but i did like the fact that Uh, as much as I'm a fan of of Cesaro's and I was thinking maybe he could win uh, even with shenanigans or what have you I did like the fact that Roman retained without any of that bollocks just to because occasionally they were sort of leaning on it perhaps a little bit too much Mm. um you know you've got the specter of edge which is always hanging over all this but I sense he's maybe not going to appear until later on this summer maybe summer slam who knows uh, the excitement around that being, I think, I think in Las Vegas is the, the the latest report, which would be sensational, particularly if they can get it in a in a huge stadium. I know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, they've got the T-Mobile Arena, they've got the MGM Garden Grand Grand Garden Arena, uh, but reports today talking about the Allegiant Stadium, I believe it's called, which no doubt I have I have the opinion that they would sell that out because we fans are so desperate to come back and see it. But yeah, it's straightforward tonight, usual. And I'm, I'm still not tired of it. Usual opening, gloating Roman Reigns promo of just like, anyone doubt me now? And then more, more Uso stuff because, yeah, I think Jimmy is just nailing this as well. But we talked about Cesaro there. He was obviously attacked uh, post-match by Seth Rollins, who batted him with a chair, murked his already injured arm. Feels like these two could easily justify a Hell in a Cell match too.
0: Yeah, that that was my thinking Um for what, well, like, obviously, once the pay for you got announced that there was a change, that feels like why they've gone back to this. Um, there wasn't a great deal left to explore with Seth Rollins and Cesaro, at least it didn't feel that way. And then with that attack, I guess, like, this might seem a bit generous, like Seth has kind of created the reason for mm-hmm. this fear to continue. Um, you know, Cesaro wins clean as a sheet at WrestleMania, beats him again on SmackDown. It's brought out this added frustration in Seth and this. It was certainly an intent, like an intentional extra level of violence in Seth's attack. Yeah, that made it seem like this has to end in some, it, it, like one of the things that, like, none of us knew it was a blood feud apart from Seth Rollins. Basically, <laughs> Cesaro thought this was done and dusted. So did we, as an audience. Seth has made it very undone and dusted, and now Cesaro's got to, like, <clears throat> win a third match in more violent circumstances just to like draw a line under the whole thing. I will say, as much as <clears throat> the formula does feel. A touch tired at this stage. Like, I don't need a lot more of Seth and Cesaro. I'm not against one more match. No. Um, Helena Cell feels like a nice destination, feels like a a good point to wrap it. And and I thought this after the WrestleMania match and after the SmackDown match. So I see no reason why I wouldn't think it again. I do think Cesaro will come out with this well. Mm. Um and he what he lost nothing by losing to Roman Reigns because you know you don't have to go over the top in protecting your baby faces sometimes. Sometimes the you know, the heels can just be better on the night and Cesaro can go on and learn from that. And this win here is as good a way as any to erase the fact that he's just lost a pretty significant match. I feel like he can kind of like go into money in the bank with... WWE cannibalized all these terms. But he can like go into money in the bank with quite a lot of momentum, yeah. having, having won the feud conclusively against Seth Rollins. So, yeah, one more time, I'm not opposed to it. I don't need it announced for next week on SmackDown or something. Mm-hmm. Like... Make it count if you absolutely have to go back to it. Um, and yeah, like it, based on like how Rollins, like his demeanor, either side of the attack. I don't know if you saw like the video after the fact where he was leaving the building and he was just laughing, saying, "Oh, what a great pay per view it's been." Like almost no selling the damage he done to Cesaro. Um, I think the whole deal with Seth is just going to be that, like, him pretending he's not. He's like, "Yeah, oh, I've not done anything wrong. What are you talking right. about?" So, aren't you just happy to be in the main event, Cesaro? Good work, good work on Sunday. I like, that. like laughing off the fact that he's brutalizing him yeah. as a way, like, as a way to just make Cesaro feel a bit more serious and a bit more intense, and teasing out like Cesaro, Cesaro to return fire with a similar kind of violence. Mm. This is the man who smashed his own
1: teeth into his head. Let's not forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me very briefly through your reaction when they gave us that little tease of Seth and and Roman at the pay per view.
0: I liked it. Um what I feel like it, this one might have been one of mine. D- dropping the idea that Seth Rollins might turn babyface in time for a Roman Reigns match at Summerslam. Mm. Um, I can't remember if I was the hashtag influencer of that idea or not. But it certainly, if if I didn't say it on a podcast, it was like floating through my mind if, like for a few weeks. It's like oh, they, when I see these two on screen, that's that's where my head goes is into a, into a Summerslam match. Um I liked it. I did. Uh, they should mine every little bit of nostalgia that people have for the shield because it's one of the best things of the 2010s if not the best thing of the Mm -hmm. 2010s um so they need every now and then when they need to lean on it they absolutely should people have an affection for the shield like little else in contemporary WWE um and that includes when you get them appearing on screen together when you get them facing off what's really cool about this particular one is that every other time that And I include when they were having like triple threat matches in 2016 or whatever, when like, you know, Ambrose was the lunatic fringe and like Roman and Seth were kind of who they were at the time. This is the first time it's shown you how long all of them have kind of taken to really shake it off. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a visual thing of Seth in his suit and Roman in his like with his, his current look, but it was just like finally they're not like clinging on to bits of the shield. Yeah. This is seeing them together on Sunday was more like Christ, remember who we used to be, <laughs> you know. Whereas, like, every other time there's been like a version of these combinations, it's still a bit like Diet Shield. It's mm. a, like, it'd be the same <laughs> now as if you dropped John Moxley into that shot as well. It'd be like, Christ, these three have been on a journey. Like, it's a, it's a long way from flat jackets and WWE shop dog tags, <laughs> you know. And like, it, it had never, for all I'd really enjoyed the various Shield nostalgia, it never really felt like they'd been that far away from the Shield until now. Both of them looked at a great distance from their past together. And I think that only makes this potential pairing more magic.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices wrestling rocketmoney.com slash wrestling speaking of more fallout from uh wrestlemania backlash uh, quickly your thoughts on the the match between bailey and bianca belair because i was i I don't think it's too much to say i was slightly disappointed but i could see what they were going for with that match
0: yeah it was it was underwhelming um the finish was sometimes right you kind of have to try it to and i'm assuming they would have like practiced it a little bit to see if like logistically it would even work but sometimes if the idea is so complicated or convoluted that it has a risk of going wrong don't do it Mm. you know um whether that be trying to incorporate hair into a pinfall or rigging a ring with explosives if you you don't think you can really do it effectively don't do it at all and I think they fell into that trap a little bit. Like I, I, would completely understand why the likes of a Bailey or a Bianca Belair would feel like clever enough or have the inner ring smarts enough to, to try something like that. Mm. Um, but it, it didn't work. I, the match wasn't great. If anything, I, like they did have to follow the zombies as well. I'm not like it's yeah yeah. It's not it's not a case of the audience being exhausted because obviously it was a Thunderdome event. But if you're watching at home, mentally you're probably elsewhere. I certainly felt a little bit discombobulated by what I'd just seen. So yeah, you can't switch gears that much, WWE. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, WrestleMania Backlash couldn't quite just roll on. Um, <laughs> but in fairness, the though the match wasn't great. Too often, ma- wrestlers and their matches pull bad angles out of the mud, and I don't think the story was particularly good in in the run up to Bailey and Bianca Belair. No. So. It, like the story hadn't really earned a, a total banger. So, if anything, like I do think they're going to this, I, I, you know, this feud must continue. I feel like there's more to this. I, like, I didn't get the impression that we're done with Bailey and Bianca Belair. And if that's the case, so be it. But time to like start telling better stories with Bianca Belair because the one with Sasha was pretty lousy as well. Yeah. You know? Um, Time to start figuring out how to use her as an effective weekly television character because it's nowhere near as bad as Rhea Ripley on Raw. But I wouldn't say Bianca Belair, main roster full-timer, has been like a screaming success outside yeah. of the awesome Royal Rumble and WrestleMania moments. And they were awesome. But as a weekly TV character, she like they're not making her feel like this vital presence.
1: No, it's, it's weird because she looks the part. She exudes this great personality and it's just like, they're giving her the most basic level stuff with with two performers in Bailey and Sasha who could really, you know, do it. I, I'm tempted to book another Hell in a Cell. I'm booking everyone who's not on Raw in Hell in a Cell matches, basically. Uh, because they normally put about four on and it completely waters it all down to typical <laughs> WWE. Um yeah, I don't know whether we're at the level of a triple threat SmackDown women's championship match with Bianca, Sasha, and Bailey which would be incredible uh, in a cell in particular, but <laughs> kind of burns through a lot of stuff that you could do. So I think, I think it's it's more a case of just running it back. They clearly were holding back a little bit in terms of what they were going to be doing in that backlash match. And yeah, Bailey just saying she's cheated because of hair stuff. That's blatantly the direction they're going to go.
0: Yeah, it, um, you're right as well. That's, a, that's a, maybe a fair assessment than mine. Um, holding back, and it's frustrating. But obviously, that that feels more like an instruction being followed. Mm. Wrestle at a certain pace. Don't quite do this yet. Um, again, this might be you know we talked about touching this for the Intercontinental title. It may not be Hell in a Cell. It may be that they see a strong television main event in this. You know, um, mm. so like they, you know, we talked about how Bailey had won that big TV match they'd had when Bianca first got called up. Um, well, Bianca had obviously won one that I'd forgotten about because I saw a graphic before WrestleMania Backlash that said one one, who's going to win the decider at WrestleMania Backlash? And obviously, Bianca wins on the night. Um, maybe this does turn into something something like a best of five, like Bailey wins. Like, i uh, give me one, give me a non title match, one more chance, and, he, and she beats her. Yeah, and then that 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 levels up, and then you run like a big TV main event for the title. Bailey's last chance, the decider, whatever, like label it however you want to label it might not even need to go into hell in a cell, but like again, a bit a bit like sort of the Apollo crews big E thing, you kind of you work yourself and you, like you work yourself up into thinking, ah, oh, this does need that one last grand payoff. And maybe that's the match that we'll be toasting and celebrating and yeah. the babies in the air for in a few weeks' time. I think this is what
1: personifies
0: why I enjoy SmackDown
1: so much from than Raw is I can book this paper, this you know, this week of TV and future weeks of TV. The next pay per view and the pay per view after that, because it's just so straightforward. Yes, there's difficulties in terms of like establishing other women to challenge Bianca Belair, but yeah, completely right. One more match, give me one more shot at this non-title to prove I can beat you. Shenanigans or no shenanigans, there may be no shenanigans because that be like that element of doubt of like if Bianca's won, but you know the hair stuff is a eh, cheap victory, whereas. You know, fair's fair when it's all, you know, normal. Maybe Bailey's a better wrestler. And obviously Bianca then wins at at Hell in a Cell. Maybe not necessarily in a Hell in a Cell match. I don't think necessarily you need that. It's not elevated to that level. And then you think, oh, no, what happens next with Bailey? Oh, what's next? Money in the bank? Well, there you go. That's just Mm -hmm. so A to B to C. Not even that long-term booking, but yeah, come on. It's right there, WWE. It's so obvious. Uh, Speaking of things that are so obvious... So you're telling me there's a chance, Michael Hamflet. We have new SmackDown tag team <laughs> champions, the Mysterios. And I felt a little bit guilty celebrating that on Sunday because it's a means to an end. And that end is Ray Mysterio getting electric chaired on the ramp by his son at the end of what is now Hell in a Cell. We assume was going to be winning the bank. But what is Hell in a Cell, which is on, I think, the 20th of June, which remind me is what? Special day, Michael Hampler. Father's
0: Day, Adam Wilborn. Oh, it'll be this Father's Day indeed if our fantasy booking comes true. Let me tell you, like, uh, yeah, um, yeah, we've done this on every podcast we've ever recorded together, haven't we? Like, everybody knows our bizarre and slightly dangerous fixation with this angle and this. Like, I feel like you know when we have a bit of a joke about like hashtag LTST, mm-hmm. WWE's long term storytelling. I think this is our equivalent of that. Because I could be wrong, but didn't we discuss this on the Raw review the first time he put him on his shoulders? Quite possibly, yeah. Like I am pretty sure the first time that visual happened, like all our eyes turned red, like and just like <laughs> sort of like we're just laser focused on the day that that was going to result in the turn, and we have arrived at a point where it can happen on Father's Day as they have lost their tag team titles. Like WWE have conspired to do a better job of timing this out than we ever could have dreamed of. Hmm. How often does that happen? Um, I want to see a great rain. I want to see... Like, what I really like about, like, our brilliant idea is just how cruel it is, obviously. But there is some um, there is some work being done to Ray versus Dominic at SummerSlam, which, of course, would be a year after Dominic debuted against Seth. Yeah. Had a year in WWE and it poisoned him against his own father. Like, that could be the story. SummerSlam the location of the yes. Dominic's custody in Aladdin. Like this pay-per-view and Dominic Mysterio has a bizarre and strained legacy attached to it. So Dominic versus Ray for SummerSlam could be set up as a result of this turn. Um, And even the nature of how they won the belts. So Dominic misses the bulk of the match. Kind of like steals a bit of the glory, maybe a little bit, you know, like the, like let his dad take the beating comes out. Like, even that felt like I love it when you're watching, like, like this, in this case, the start of a title ring. They're already booking the end of it. Yeah, that's what this felt like. I love when they do that, and that's what this felt like here. Um, I I genuinely don't think it's wishful thinking. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the dirty dogs who are the ones to dethrone them. I, I'm not even sure that matters terribly. No. I think you just need a you need one team to be able to highlight the. Um, discrepancies between the two should we say the idea that Ray is carrying the team we see some results that kind of like are booked to suggest that that is true that you know Dominic is kind of getting away with it here because like his dad's the actual talent and he's kind of like still this rough around the edges rookie but he's a champion and he gets a little bit entitled with that you know and it only needs to be a couple of glances it only needs to be a couple of cute finishes in tag matches and you're there you're good to go for the turn.
1: Yeah, I I realise this is us every week like we did getting giddy about Sasha and Bailey, but Mm. it feels like it's right there. Like you have another title defence on TV against the Doody Dogs next week, let's say, uh, and Ray does all the hard work and wins the match for them. And then, yeah, maybe in my dream, in in the best scenario where, hey, maybe everything's going to be all right, lads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just give it to Gable a notice because you need to transition it onto someone before you then, for me, transition it onto the Usos. That's further down the line, though. Uh, maybe even SummerSlam. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you, it's really easy. I mean, he hit his real dad's finisher to win the match, of course, at WrestleMania Backlash, Dominic Mysterio. Mm-hmm. He, like you say, missed half of it. And then Ray retains the titles for them. And then in every other match that they have, maybe not this week, but you know, in the few weeks that we've got between now and uh, and uh, Hell in a Cell, other than the title defence, Dominic's the one who gets pinned every match. And then Ray, in the match at Hell in a Cell, realises his son's in trouble, tags in. He's the one who eats the, eats the pin. And Dominic, blind is the fact that he was actually probably going to get his ass handed to him and pinned. He turns on his dad because he blames him for... It's just so straightforward have it
0: WWE we know you listen it's all yours it's brilliant man it's absolutely like and when you've mentioned Chad Gable and Otis and Chad Gable specifically like like I like that as a as, as the team to be able to take titles off them because I think it would be fun to see them as tag team champions but you could do like an angle where like they're, they're being separated backstage or something they're being, they're being parted and like Dominic's like losing it a little bit and he's getting a bit arsy with Ray. And they're separated by, it's always like the agents, isn't it? And the backstage people. And it just so happens that one of those agents is Jason Jordan, who like kind of takes Dominic aside and says, I would have loved to have teamed with my father. (laughs) An injury took that away from me. You should appreciate appreciate this, Dominic. Uh, Right, one final thing to look ahead to
1: tonight. The surreal developments... Between King Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, just sort of a nothing match last week, which of course the babyface lost and then attacked the winner. Arse backwards stuff from WWE, but never mind all that.
0: Shinsuke Nakamura stolen his crown. <laughs> Twice in like 72 hours, a babyface loses but wins because they've stolen somebody's headgear, like Nakamura and Ricochet. Running around, <laughs> getting into scrapes, like getting—imagine getting like, like that one of those eighties films where like there's a, a bully character and they all like wear like leather jackets or something, and like it's one of like studded ones, like the Onita one, Moxley Warfare Revolution, and like the bully is just battered the little kid all over and then like one of the le- the metal studs comes off the jacket and the poor battered kid is like run away with like, ah, I picked up the stud off the floor. Like <laughs> that's the real quiz. That's the real quiz. Like, I don't know why they do this to baby faces, but what I do know is what this did to Twitter, which was for everybody to pull up the Wrestle Kingdom photo of mm-hmm. Shinsuke as the king of strong style um, in his crown. Yeah, like it might, if this has got more elegance than just this company did this angle twice in one weekend. So like, pardon me for being cynical, but they have a very, very limited bucket of ideas and they have (laughs) to pull the same one out twice in three days. Um, Yeah. Like if we're not being cynical and just thinking, yeah, that's WWE for it. Like Cameron Grimes got his hat pinched a couple of times in NXT as well. They just really, really like this crap. Maybe, maybe this is the first of a tease to like the next King of the Ring tournament being announced. Maybe like, Shinsuke Nakamura says, you know, like I've always been the king of strong style, but I like how this crown fits. Maybe I want to be king of the ring. And Baron Corbin goes and protests to Adam Pearce saying, I'm king of the ring. I'm king of the ring. And Pearce is like, you're all right now. But starting in two weeks, we're going to have a tournament. And if you want to stay king of the ring, you're going to have to defend that crown. And he has to to enter the tournament again and he has to win king of the ring all over again. And then for three weeks, we get what we saw last time, which was Baron Corbin working his arse off. Yeah. <laughs> Coming, like, very briefly, this awesome, celebrated pro wrestler before he kind of reminded himself, hang on now, nah, I quite like the, being that troll heel. I'm going to go back to chin locks. <laughs> like, he was, he was class. That King of the Ring run was fabulous. Remember wow. the, the final against Chad Gable? Like, holy, what a run that was. Um, so yeah, like, maybe, maybe that is what that is and it isn't just WWE being silly and people stealing people's possessions. But I'll Won't hold my breath if that's okay with you for the time being.
1: Yes, I think that's fair enough. Although, call me biased. I did like the clip that I saw on social media of Shinsuke driving around in his car with the crown on. Do you
0: know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of that urban myth that I desperately want to be true, that um, when Mario Balotelli signed for Man City, Mm. And he just had like so much money that he didn't care. So he would like drive his car around and park it wherever the hell he liked. Like literally outside the front of a shop and the uh, traffic was like, that's going to be a thousand pound fine. And he was like, well, I'll pay in cash. And he just <laughs> had like, he was in the car with various like trinkets and cash, just throwing stuff out to the locals of Manchester. Cause he was like, what, what are you doing? Well, I'm young and a millionaire. Yeah. So this is what I'm doing. I'm being young and a millionaire.
1: But do you know what? I'm weirdly into this maybe because it's Shinsuke and yeah, I do like a good King Corbin conniption fit, and I sense we're going to get that tonight. With a maybe they he, he's got he's been given a, a replacement crown. He's he's rung the company that's got him the crown, and they've gone we, we, we can't give you a full refund because you know you have not lost it. We know someone else has just got it, but uh, we can give you this replacement. It's just a really crap Christmas hat <laughs> crown thing, and he's just furious. Uh, and these two guys finishers lend well to a crown being knocked off someone's head whether it be the end of days deep six as well uh, or the kinshasa i don't know just the nice some nice visuals there and yeah crown stuff okay <laughs> <That's> <laughs> crazy bastards crazy. i'm in uh let us know your thoughts ahead of smackdown tonight on twitter at what culture wwe watch well, they can follow both of us you can follow michael hamphlet at michael hamphlet Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, the SmackDown Review with Phil and Gareth tomorrow. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Preview. My thanks to Michael Hamper. Thank you for joining us and we
0: will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long.